0: Should my heart not be humble? Should my eyes fail to see? Should my feet sometimes stumble on the way? Stay with me, like the.
1: Hi, this is Brent White. It's Monday, February 19th, and this is devotional podcast number 15. You're listening to my favorite singer, Bob Dylan, and his version of the song, Stay With Me, which is found on his outstanding 2015 album, Shadows in the Night. This album is a collection of songs made famous by, or at least recorded by, Frank Sinatra, and Dylan's crack five-piece band follows the Sinatra arrangements with... Donnie Heron's pedal steel, often emulating the orchestra. And I'll be darned if this has not become one of my favorite Dylan albums. I really like Dylan, the old man. He sings songs suitable for his voice and his age, and he makes them his own. This song is literally a prayer. The singer is pleading with God not to abandon him, even though he has been unfaithful to God. Listen to the words. Should my heart not be humble? Should my eyes fail to see? Should my feet sometimes stumble on the way? Stay with me. Like the lamb that in springtime wanders far from the fold through the darkness and the frost, I get lost. I get cold. I grow cold. I grow weary. And I know I have sinned. And I go seeking shelter. And I cry in the wind. Though I grope and I blunder, and I'm weak and I'm wrong, Though the road buckles under where I walk, walk along, Till I find to my wonder every path leads to Thee. All that I can do is pray, stay with me, stay with me. I find that deeply moving and pertinent to today's discussion last month I was deeply moved by the words of Rachel din Hollander she is an attorney an evangelical Christian and a former gymnast who along with over 150 other young women was sexually molested by Larry Nasser the team doctor who treated gymnasts on the US Olympic team for 20 years the judge allowed her and her fellow victims to address Nasser in in court. Here's an excerpt from what she said. You spoke of praying for forgiveness, but Larry, if you have read the Bible you carry, you know forgiveness does not come from doing good things, as if good deeds can erase what you have done. It comes from repentance, which requires facing and acknowledging the truth about what you have done in all its utter depravity and horror without mitigation, without excuse, without acting as if good deeds can erase what you have seen in this courtroom today. The Bible you carry says it is better for a stone to be thrown around your neck and you to be thrown into a lake than for you to make even one child stumble and you have damaged hundreds. The Bible you speak of Says there's a final judgment where all of God's wrath and eternal terror is poured out on men like you. Should you ever reach the point of truly facing what you have done, the guilt will be crushing. And that is what makes the gospel of Christ so sweet, because it extends grace and hope and mercy where none should be found. And it will be there for you. I pray you experience the soul-crushing weight of guilt. So you may someday experience true repentance and true forgiveness from God, which you will need far more than forgiveness from me, though I extend that to you as well. Is Den Hollander right? Is forgiveness of an evil man like Nasser possible if he truly faces up to his sins, if he truly repents and turns to Christ? If so, does that seem fair or just? Before you answer, let's look at Luke chapter 7. Jesus is invited to have dinner in the home of a Pharisee named Simon. While he's there, we're told that a woman of the city, a sinner, i.e. a prostitute, came and wept at Jesus' feet, wetting them with her tears and drying them with her hair. She poured expensive perfume on them. This behavior alarms Simon. He thinks if this man were truly a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is who's touching him. I know we rarely feel sympathy with Pharisees, but from Simon's perspective, as he understood the Bible and his Jewish traditions, this woman risked making both him and Jesus spiritually impure. After all, if you're trying to keep kosher while you eat, as Simon was, you simply can't let a prostitute touch you. For all we know, Simon sincerely wanted to please God and avoid sinning, and this woman was making it hard for him to do that, at least as far as he knew. And I get it. Sexual sin may not bother God's people living today nearly as much as it bothered God's people living in the first century, but that probably says more about us than them. No, Simon's estimation of this woman's character was absolutely correct. Jesus concedes as much in verse 47 when he says, Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven. Indeed, the short Parable, Jesus tells Simon in verses forty-one and forty-two, presupposes that this woman was a very serious sinner. Jesus says, A certain moneylender had two debtors, one owed five hundred denarii, and the other fifty. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? In the parable, the woman is the one who owes 500 denarii, which amounts to about two years' worth of wages. Simon, meanwhile, would owe 50, about two months. It's not the case that we're all equally sinful or that all sins, in God's eyes, are equally evil or harmful. The Bible doesn't teach that. All sins will separate us from God eternally, apart from Christ. But it's not the case that God is indifferent to the kind of sin we commit. The point of the parable is, because of their sins, both of them owe a debt that they're unable to pay to God. Both of them will only be forgiven because of God's grace alone. So let's get back to Larry Nasser. If Jesus were updating the parable for today, maybe Nasser would owe 5,000 denarii, or 500,000, or 5 million, I don't know. But Den Hollander is absolutely correct. Is forgiveness possible, even for Nasser? The answer has to be yes, and not on account of anything Larry Nasser can do. As Den Hollander said, good deeds cannot erase what he's done. Moreover, apart from repentance and faith in Christ, God's wrath and eternal terror, as she said, will be poured out on him. But even now, so long as Nasser lives and breathes, the possibility exists that he can still repent and be saved. Whether he will or not, well, that's up to him. While it's understandable that many of us feel no sympathy or compassion for the Larry Nassars of the world, the possibility that God can forgive even sinners like him is good news. It means that the blood of Jesus Christ is powerful enough to save the worst of sinners. It means that even the worst sin is no match for the cross of Christ. It means, best of all, that there's hope for us. God can forgive us and even save us. Isn't that amazing? In Colossians 2.14, the Apostle Paul says that because of what Christ accomplished on the cross, God canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Our debt to God is wiped out When we place our faith in Christ That's an amazing gift If only we're willing to receive it What about you? Have you experienced What Den Hollander calls The soul crushing weight of guilt For your sins If so Has this guilt led you To experience true repentance And true forgiveness from God Please believe me No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, that forgiveness is available to you right now.
0: To my wonder, every path leads to thee. All that I can do is pray. Stay with me. Stay.